And we're back. Welcome. Hi, Misty. Hi, Sam. We're here again. Yay. Let's party. Primary purpose. Our primary, Our primary purpose is, is for Misty Sam to grow their friendship and, and maybe help others. So the topic that um, I have been thinking about, which kind of goes along with a lot of the stuff we've been talking about, is this uh, Marianne Williamson book. It's a classic called A Return to Love. And I'm not sure when it came out, but it um, is a New York Times bestselling book. Um, and uh, it's based on her work doing The Course in Miracles, um, which is a year daily kind of um, pra- spiritual practice for 365 days. Each day there's a different lesson um, which basically the intention is to shift the mind um, out of where it's stuck. Um, so the return to love, the whole premise behind it is that we were born exactly perfect in the image and likeness of the creator of the universe, whomever. And that uh, as we go through life, um, the filter that I see the world through shifts based on what happens to me. Mm. Does that make sense? Oh yeah. Okay. And so similarly it is spiritual. And for me, it's very programmed because I, I see the program and the journey of the 12 step as taking 12 steps, plural, all of them, removing all the stuff, the resentments, the fears, the patterns of behaving that block me from my true essence. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to bring it up because I, I really think it could be a, an interesting conversation on, um, uh, you know, getting connected to oneself. I, I think what would be a great place to start is you know, how would you define love? Is there a, a split screen of how you define love prior to coming in throughout your years in program? And how would you define love today? Like, has that shifted for you? Well, one, I have to go back to the topic because yeah. this is just, I feel like you've been reading my journal, Sam, and I'm a little <laughs> like, when did you sneak in? Uh this uh, book is so near and dear to my heart, and it's like a third leg of my recovery because I walked in the rooms in 93, and I want to say this book came was published or came out around 94, 95, somewhere in there, mm. and there was the most 
best looking man, which is how all good stories in newcomer land start. Mm. And he said, I'm reading this book, A Return to Love. And Nikki, my mom, had just sent me the book, but I wasn't going to read it because Nikki sent it to me. Right. Of course. <laughs> but, you know, and this good looking guy is like, I'm reading this book. And I was like, oh, yeah, me too. <laughs> really? And we start reading it. And um, like on our own, but we would call each other and talk about it. Mm. And Marianne Williamson became like my best friend during that time. I remember like I would go to bed falling asleep reading it and I would wake up like grabbing it the second I woke up. And what's so amazing about this book, she covers relationships, she covers work, she covers all the things. And I know it's from A Course in the Miracles, and this is the layman's version. And believe me, mm. I've tried with Course in Miracles 800 million times. I- I'm not there yet. Yeah. And thank God for her doing this and writing this book. But, um, yeah, just an integral part of my recovery and helped me feel sane. Uh, so as far as love, the definition, it definitely has changed. I think we've talked about this before. Love to me felt like I was walking down the catwalk and all of my family, friends and loved ones are on either side of me and they're all throwing rose petals and I walk down in a glorious robe and a crown and a stick, like a beautiful golden stick. And if anyone, you know, disrupts this rose petal path, we hit them over the head with the stick and try someone drags them off where the where the people can't see. And we aren't um, we don't have to interact with, you know, people who don't adore us. That's what I know. Today, what I think is almost the opposite, that love looks like people pushing your rose petal path and you getting the opportunity to know yourself. What about you? It's it's definitely shifted. I think initially and, you know, pre-programming when I came in, it was love was passion, ecstasy, lust you know, that rushing through the veins and that like toe curling thing, you know, that's like (laughs) that, um, yeah, that address, that rush basically. So that's what it was. And, um, and then it was like, also I grew up into this, like, I love you conditionally, (laughs) you know, when you, so that's kind of what I knew love was, or that's what I was trained, you know, as what the meaning of love was. You are loved when, I achieve something or, you know, um, and then I think it shifted to love as acceptance. So when I would say, I love you, it was like, I accept you. I accept me. You know, when I look in the mirror, I accept me exactly as I am, you know, to eliminate that. It kind of, um, shifted from that conditional love. And then now I'm, I don't really know. I'm, I'm, kind of exploring and staying open. And I think that that, I think for me is, is where I am today is that it's, I guess it's authenticity, it's vulnerability, it's open, but it's more of this feeling that encompasses those things. If that makes sense. Yeah, that makes sense. And I think it's really cool to hear both of our definitions on it. Cause yeah, it's like, 
I realized what I was defining was what love looked like from a higher power, right? It, it looked like a Santa Claus God that always got my way and everyone always loved me. And now it looks like a God that loves me and, you know, just watches me while I grow. Mm. Um, and yes, before it was love looked like somebody choosing me and loving all of my flaws. And that was pretty much the extent of it. We didn't get to me loving them. Mm -hmm. <laughs> that was it. Do you believe in love, falling in love with somebody? This is brilliant. And this is one of those, uh, well, let's circle back around in two months, two years, two days, because yeah. we could absolutely change our mind on this one. Yeah. But I believe, this is radical, I today believe that we are supposed to develop a loving relationship with ourselves mm -hmm. and that there have there's an opportunity with another person to be together and to heal old wounds but at the end of the day the relationship has to be a loving one with ourselves and that we don't necessarily have to have that other person like i've always believed in the past to do this work mm. That is really beautiful because I think that what I'm sold in the real world, Valentine's Day, Jerry Maguire, you complete me. Don't break my heart, you know, where like Sufi mystics like Rumi will say, break my heart wide open so more love can flow is a whole different way to look at things. You know, and uh, that messaging is so pervasive everywhere. He broke my heart, you know, and it's like mm -hmm. um, to take responsibility and then to love oneself. I was reading a book and I can't properly credit it because I don't I'm reading so many different things right now. But <laughs> what they had described as this relationship piece, you know, one with myself and then with another, they described it as two people. Um playing two different instruments and making music together. Oh, I like that analogy. Yeah. I like Can't that. I've experienced that, but yeah, I like that analogy and I definitely think I've experienced it, mm. but also it's like the two instruments can play well together and complement each other. Or they can make each other sound horrible, even if they sound okay on their own. Oof. Yeah. And I just before believe that, oh, I know what it is. Okay. So I always said when I was married for 18 years, right? So for a long time, did I have the experience of being with another person? And what I realized later on in the relationship, the hardest part about being with someone is that my brain would say whatever was happening internally with me, it would try and figure out a way that it was that person's fault. Because 
they were the one closest to me. And it would always, before I could even be conscious, it was like, yeah, if he would just put the dishes away, which wasn't a good example because I was the one who left dishes out. He always put them away. Um, Again, think of like, if he would just do this or do that, everything would be okay. If he just wouldn't curse at me when we argue, everything would be okay. If he would just, and inevitably what would happen was, at some point when I got down to it and stopped avoiding the void, because it was part of the void is blaming them, yeah. uh, is that I would realize, oh, there's something in me that I'm not wanting to look at. So I'm focused on them. And this is what I think the whole program of Al-Anon is all about, you know, is that yeah. you're focusing this attention on another person to distract yourself from getting behind your belly butt. And so... That was the beauty of when everything ended, even though I tried so hard to keep it together, when everything ended and I was on my own, that was the beauty of it is thinking that would be the worst place in my life and realizing, oh no, like this is, this is great. This is where I get to meet me on my own terms. It's, I love that you just called that out because that is the piece that I think sometimes I'll miss where it's, I think it's outside of me and they're just ultimately the reflection and it's through the self-searching inventory, you know, and turning it inward and seeing what's showing up for me. Uh, Because it's like the whole thing of like, I spot, I spot it, I got it. Exactly. And and you're not alone because this is the part that everyone misses in a relationship. I think one of my gifts is that I have this male energy in a relationship. And so when the people I sponsor call me to complain about what he did and how he left the dishes out, I go, I leave dishes out. Mm. And what's happening for that person is that they're just not thinking they're not doing it to you. It's just not important to them. And if you want to ask them for a hundred dollars more a month to have a housekeeper come in, do that, but work around, meet them where their flaws are. Don't try and change who they are and get upset that they're not being a different person. Uh. That you're, you're driving yourself mad and being in pain and trying to pretend it's them. When I know I can see this side of things, it's not them. Misty, I, so I didn't know this history with this book and you. So this is like, so I love that we're aligned this way. And the book also says that we are not here to fix change or belittle. And I see that as fix changing or belittling myself or another. Yes, yes, yes. Oh, my God, that's beautiful. We're here to forgive, heal, and love. Ourselves and another. And it reminds me of the 12 and 12 that says the only time he talks about sin is a sin to fear with anyone else's spiritual growth or your own. I just had someone call me yesterday and say, hey, like this friend group that I'm with, like there's all this drama with them and they were talking about my man. And, you know, I really want to call this person and tell this person they should have done this. And if we invite that person and like arrange all the players. Right. And what I was saying is you can do all that. And here's the work I'm doing today, which is ask yourself why you feel the need to. 
let's dig deeper into what is that. And instead of actually going out and doing all the actions and arranging the players, which, by the way, I've never seen it come out the way our brain imagines. Yeah. Why not go in and go, what is that part of me that wants to do all that? And why is it not okay if somebody talks bad about the person I'm with? Like, go ahead, you know, rip them to shreds. Like, I know who they are. They know who they are. Go for it. So it's interesting. I had a very similar conversation. It's almost like you were listening in. Um but the way I I describe this to people is, you know, the people that ha- that drive is that, you know, I don't know, like the tailgater, right? The tailgater behind me who's tailgating me and on my ass is tailgating the car in front of them. I make it about me. I slam my brakes. Why is he doing this to me? He, she, it doing this to me. I pull over when I get over that and I say, fine, go ahead. I let them go. And they tailgate the next car. Brilliant analogy, brilliant analogy, and I am the tailgater. Yes, and so I just need to get out of the way so that you can then continue your tailgating journey like the jaywalker. Right, 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 right. And like I was I was telling this other person is like, don't deny this man that didn't say anything his opportunity to stand up for himself and be a man don't rush in there and arrange all the lights and the players when you're denying this person a spiritual growth of advocating for themselves that's what happens like that is where the real love is if we stay in our hula hoop that is real love because we're giving other people the opportunity to advocate for themselves it feels like we need to go take care of somebody else. And that's where the real love is. But it, it's not. There's that hula hoop. I love the hula hoop. And it's but by staying in the hula hoop, it is for me, that's me signaling self-love, me honoring my feelings versus avoiding them in lieu of, quote unquote, being of service, which is what I fr- reframe it as. And saving, it's really saving somebody versus helping somebody. Right. And that is where I think AA got so much right. When what I do is I talk about my experience, strength, and hope Mm. from the hula hoop, right? So I'm not, and I refuse to do this with people I sponsor when they're like, I have this friend and she sent me this text message and I'm supposed to do this. And what do I do? I go, I am never going to tell you what to do. I will share my experience, strength, and hope, and then go do what you want to do because I don't know your lesson. Mm. You may need to, you know, stalk someone. (laughs) You may need to, you know, uh, walk out of the job. I don't know Mm. where you and your God and your lesson are, but I can share my experience, strength, and hope interesting what's coming up for me is i am the tailgater sometimes not all the time like i could swing both ways right it's like i could be the tailgater or be like the goody two-shoe driver that is just like going along with the flow you know i think a lot of it's based on where i'm going (laughs) but also my spiritual condition i guess right because i guess if i'm aligned oh that's so good yes yes (laughs) um and then with regards to the, the sponsor side of things i guess it varies 
where I fall into that space. Yes, it's having them have their own experience. And I guess nine times out of 10, I will bring it back to their four, which unveils whatever that pattern is um, in the four and the eight of their lives. Call your sponsor. Call your sponsor. Call. Part two on Monday. Send us an email with comments, questions, or concerns. BCY sponsor at gmail.com. Don't forget to rate five stars.